Good morning. Welcome to the news around Uganda. I am Lydia Lakonyero. It is the 8th of April 2021. In a first story, the State Minister for Finance David Bahati is optimistic that reintroducing vehicle license fees will assist in the recovery of the economy after the COVID-19 lockdown. The minister was yesterday appearing before Parliament's Committee on Finance to present the tax bills in which the government proposes an annual road license fee of 200,000 shillings. In the proposed tax bill, border borders will also pay a road license of 50,000 shillings per year. Bahati says they had planned to impose this tax on fuel, but they realized that it would affect many other businesses. We have been increasing tax on fuel every year, and given that we are recovering from COVID, uh, we thought that uh, we thought that uh, increasing on fuel can affect other sectors in the economy. And therefore, we thought we should solve two things: one, make sure that we have the vehicles which are roadworthy on the road; second, also get a fee. to really check them and also leave something uh, for the treasury some members of parliament however questioned how the proposed fees will be collected uh, i needed to know from the minister uh, what you are going to do with the tax that you imposed on fuel telling the public that that is the one compensating for the annual car license if you are to talk about the vehicle licensing road license the cost of collection involves ministry of works involves uganda revenue authority and involves uganda police can we be provided with information on the cost benefit analysis also in the national news the newly elected nrm legislators have tested for covid-19 ahead of their retreat starting tomorrow at chankwanzi The testing was conducted today at Kololo Airstrip by the Ministry of Health. Over 400 members are expected to attend the retreat at the National Leadership Institute in Chankwanzi to appreciate the party ideology as they legislate in the 11th parliament. The party national treasurer Rose Namayanja has confirmed that the retreat will end on the 29th of April but attendance for breastfeeding members still hangs in balance because they have not had arrangements for their babies. There has always been special arrangements and we have had those babies there. You remember at one time there are times when they were his excellence himself would even interact with those mothers in Chankwanz the previous meetings we have held. But like I said this is not like the ordinary ones we have had. We are going to see how it works out when we reach there because it goes to the facilities. What we know is that Chankwanz has been enlarged there are new facilities that have been put there. We want to see the conditions that are there and then determine what will be done and we shall be communicating to them accordingly meanwhile the party's deputy secretary general richard todwong has refuted allegations that they shall also discuss the speakership of the 11th parliament we are meeting for many other things that issue of the speaker is not discussed in uh, in the retreat of uh, chankwanz that issue of the speaker will be discussed in the central executive committee meeting of the party and the central executive committee meeting of the party has not yet been convened by the chair of the party so we are not discussing that it's not part of our agenda we are not discussing there will be a speaker at the right time the speaker shall be elected by members of parliament who are going to be sworn in in may Let's see what's happening in the central region. The Rakai woman member of parliament Juliet Subi Chinyamatama has announced her bid to contest for the race of the speakership in the 11th parliament. 
Chinyama Tama becomes the fifth person to declare her interest on the post, joining the incumbent Speaker of Parliament Rebecca Kadaga, her deputy Jacob Ulanya, FDC's Ibrahim Semujunganda, and DP's Richard Sebamala. Chinyama Tama, while launching her campaign, flanked by her campaign manager, Javira Semwanga, who is the Buyamba MP-elect, said she has all the abilities to lead the next parliament. She also said most of the members of parliament in the 11th House are below 45 years of age and hence it is important that one of the arms of government is headed by a young person who will be able to push for the interests of young people. I think the biggest person behind me is the voice of the people of Rakai that sent me to this parliament. They sent an able leader and therefore I am here because of them. If they had not sent me back to parliament, I wouldn't be here. So majorly I am here because I was given opportunity by the people of Rakai. You see, serving the people of Uganda has nothing to do with knowing so and so. It is only about the people of Uganda not the relationship, not knowing so and so, and not being a woman. Chinyamatama also says she doesn't plan to invest any funds in the race as she has no money and has instead asked fellow legislators to vote for her capability. She also says that once elected, she will improve parliament's accountability to the public. So the major, the major issue, the major issue would be accountability, parliament accountability to Ugandans. And how will I do this? I'll make sure that I have quarterly updates to the public. For example, how many bills are you passing in one quarter? So when that quarter ends, you come out to the public and mention that this bill was passed, this was not passed, so that the public knows where you have failed and where your potentials are. Speaking of Parliament, the House has given the Attorney General up to today to clarify on when the government plans to fill the vacant positions at different agencies and institutions. This is after the Gulu Municipality Member of Parliament, Leandro Komakech, raised a matter of national importance in which he complained about the delay by government to appoint a substantive chairperson of the Uganda Human Rights Commission, saying that recently two of the commissioners have also left, leaving work at the commission at a standstill. Komakech also says that for 80% of the staff at the commission, their contracts have also expired. This is the time now when the committees are appearing before the session law committees. How shall we process their budget? Who will answer these questions? Are they going to deal with the junior officers and not the accounting officers who are uh, vote holders in these commissions? Madam Speaker, thank you. I think we had asked the Attorney General to come and respond to this issue. It's very, very urgent now. Uh, it's been a matter we've been raising over time. So can the Attorney General come tomorrow and explain to the country what has happened to the Human Rights Commission, the IGGs and the Equal Rights Commission? Komakech was supported by Kasilo County Member of Parliament Elijah Okupa, who noted that it was not only the Uganda Human Rights Commission that is affected, saying that the Inspectorate of Government is soon going the same route as the remaining Deputy IGG's contract will soon expire, which prompted the Speaker to ask the Attorney General to clarify about the matter. Madam Speaker, this is very serious, because even the tribunal that should be sitting, that should be fully constituted by the Commissioners, cannot sit, because the Commissioners cannot have quorum. Let's see what's happening in West Nile. The creation of Arua City and Terego District has left the residual Arua District with a paltry budget. The district budget now stands at 22 billion shillings from the previous 95 billion shillings in the last financial year. Boniface Alioni, the LC5 vice chairperson, told the New Vision that the budget has been cut because the population of the residual district has also reduced. 
He said last year's budget is amplified by support from non-governmental organizations for refugees, but the current Arua district does not host any refugees. The budget of the remaining residual Arua district has reduced drastically 20-something billions. And why it has reduced to 20-something billions is because the budget is made, is allocated in regard to population coverage and area land coverage. So now, after cutting out Terego, after cutting Arua, municipality and uh, actually let me say now I've county into the city. It leaves Evora with a very little population. It leaves Arua with a very very little population and uh, when all these are configured it has brought the budget of Arua to 20. The last time I got the information from the technical team they were talking about 22 billion uh, something. They were talking about 22 billion something. So since we have already received the, the third budget circular I now definitely know that budget of Arua has reduced to 22 billion shillings. And also you know some of our budget also used to grow up with the with the support from NGOs and most of these NGOs are refugee based NGOs. So, and there are no refugees. Although refugee settlement impact is being greatly felt in, in the current residual Arua district, but they are not being settled there. So, there is no NGO refugee based NGO which has so far come up with such a budget support for us. We are going to lobby for them I also want to appeal to my colleagues who will take over from us to lobby for them. But that is the truth. Budget basically is allocated on the basis of population and area land coverage. There is a district, is it Queen, which is getting central government transfers of only 16 billion things because the district very small and the population there very, very little. In Western Uganda, as more learners resume studies from the long COVID-19 lockdown, the Kashari North Member of Parliament-elect Basil Bataringaya has asked the government to come up with plans for schoolgirls who might have gotten pregnant during the break. During the national final examinations for both primary seven and senior four, the government and the national examinations body, UNEB, allowed expectant girls to sit for their exams. Now, Bataringaya wants the same offer extended to students in continuing classes so as to reduce on cases of girl-child school dropout. Those children who might have got pregnant, young girls who might have got pregnant during this COVID-19 period, I ask government to put a program into place for them to ensure that they are also acceptable at school and they continue with their studies and they do not lose their future. Meanwhile, Nathan Mogume, the chairperson from Barara Head Teachers Forum, has advised school managers to lay favorable conditions of clearing school dues, which will enable parents to pay without going into too much debt. In Gulu District, the dean of students at Gulu University, who had been sent to prison over allegations of theft, forgery and uttering a false document, has been interdicted. Christopher Mwetwale Mpoda was last week sent on remand by the Gulu Grade 1 magistrate, Christine Turibamwe. According to a letter written by the university's secretary, David Obol Otori, the interdiction is to allow him step aside from duty to settle the case that saw him remanded to prison. James Unono Ujok, the assistant university public relations officer, said the university will accord him the opportunity to be heard in line with the principles of natural justice. Using the Uganda Public Service Standing Orders 2010, Gulu um, University Management have asked Mutuale, Mr. Mutuale Mpara Christopher to step aside from his duty to allow him manage his case which is outside the university business and at an appropriate time 
the university will accord him the principle of natural justice. On the 6th of April, uh, Mr. Motuale Mopara Christopher has been interdicted, which means he has been asked to step aside first to manage his case outside the university. Court heard that on June 15, 2020, at Centenary Bank in Gulu, Mpora uttered a forged Centenary Bank withdrawal form of 3,550,000 shillings in the names of Goma Oil Ginery, and that he stole the money belonging to Mildred Anena Alao. Mpora and Anena opened a joint business of a petrol station called Goma Oil Ginery in Koch Goma Sub County in Noya District. Mpora allegedly withdrew the money fraudulently by forging Anena's signature. And with that story, we come to the end of the news around Uganda. I am Lydia Lakonyer. Good morning.